Welcome. You know, we were just talking before the show, and I said, we all agreed, I think, that we need a little music when the show starts. I don't know. I'm feeling that. It's a, it's a mellow tune. It's nice. First of all, if we're going to bring it in, we got to really bring it in. We've got to do a little of this and a little of that to get started. Y'all know how I love to dance. But I also think we need a little something upbeat. I'm feeling very spicy today, I have to say. Very spicy. Very spicy. Yeah, that's Tyler's take on it. I've also decided that it's Taco Friday. Some in the room disagree. Not a we thing. We won't mention any names, Chris. But some people disagree with my statement. I think the way I feel about it, if you wake up in the morning and you feel spicy, you got to go with a taco. And I do believe we talk about Democrats and Republicans in this world and what divides us all. I really believe the world can be divided between who goes for the taco and who goes for the burrito? And is it a hard shell or a soft shell? I am a hard shell taco kind of girl. I like a good crunch and it's got to be beef. It's got to be ground beef. Can't do a chicken taco right. Sorry. Can't do a fish taco right. I know I'll have some objections on that one. Got to be a beef taco in my book. So Taco Bell. Not Taco Bell. Grass fed, grass finished. Have you learned nothing in the short amount of time we've spent together, Tyler? Tyler has not learned yet. He knows that the jerky, all of it's got to be grass fed, grass finished. He'll learn. Don't we, worry. We got to get you on street tacos. You ever had street tacos? I've never had street tacos. Oh, son. Really street, good. Steak street tacos with the tiny little flour shells. Mm. Or some, uh, sometimes they're corn, excuse me, the tiny little corn shells and some cilantro and onion. See, I've top. made everyone hungry. But it's good, right? Because you can grab a snack. You can listen to Jenna Diabila live. You'll feel, don't worry. Chips, guacamole, do whatever makes you feel good. We have a packed show today. We have some crazy topics today. Uh, I'm feeling spicy. The topics are spicy. One programming note is that our schedule has changed a little bit. I switched us to a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule. We're going to be Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So you're going to want to be here those days. Lots of reasons why I switched it, but some just has to do with the guests and the news cycle and whatnot. So I will definitely expect you all to be here. And I'm not even going to do a big lead in today. I'm going to jump right in because the first topic is just that good. All right. I'm going to start the show with a tweet. (laughs) I can't. I'm laughing because I know what's coming. You don't know. You ready, guys? You ready at home? Okay. The Toronto police puts out this tweet. And it's a news release. It says, news release, missing woman. Okay. Missing woman. That's the picture. Missing woman, Ryerson Avenue and Bathurst Street area, Isabella Degrassi, 27. So I look at this, looks like what to me? It looks like a man, right? I'm not, I'm not losing my mind, okay? So I'm thinking, oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Down this road, let's start, right? You're like, Jed, you had to start with the crazy. I did. There's a very important reason because I have to remind you all that we need a good laugh in life. So I scroll down and I see, I don't know who this person is, but it's AF632, God bless you, whoever you are, puts this tweet up in response. Tyler, can we pull that tweet? Got it. You have it? Yeah. There we go. Okay. Missing dog. Please help. Do you guys see what's going on here? The crazy. Obviously, that's a cat. Obviously, that's a cat. But do you see how much people have lost their minds? That guy or girl, I don't know who AF632 is, decided I'm going to make a mockery of this moment. Now, we can all laugh. We can all say, I've told you that, you know, my kid sometimes identifies as a monkey. You know, Curious George. I've told you that my dog identifies as more of a gerbil than a dog because she's very small and she's, you know, doesn't have quite the bark that a German Shepherd or Rottweiler would have. She's feeling a little insufficient in that department. And we can laugh about this. And believe me, I did. I laughed heartily when I saw that because I was like, thank God somebody picked up this moment and just made us all laugh. But do you also realize the crazy of this is a missing person alert. I have to pray somewhere, tear to the God, God, the universe, please, was this a joke? Will you plan some type of trick on me? Because I also then in that moment think, oh my gosh, what if there was a, a, a somebody who escaped, a prisoner or a criminal out there? And you know how cops get those alerts? What's it gonna say? Missing woman and it's a guy and you're out there looking for some woman and it's, think about how the crazy can go from funny to actually dangerous and scary. I had to lead with that. We're gonna do a new segment on the show too related to tweets. 
So I'm just going to be encouraging you to be funnier and crazier on Twitter so we can pull it and add it to the show. But that really like is a great opener for some of the things we're going to discuss today. When I saw that, I started to think about like who looks at that and thinks, okay, that's crazy versus who looks at it and thinks, oh, well, that's how that person identifies and that's how we should talk about them. So I checked out a poll, interesting poll from the New York Post. 60% of Americans say that people can't switch genders. This is a new poll from years past. It says a new survey released by the Pew Research Center states that 60% of adults say a person's gender is determined by their sex assigned at birth. (laughs) Wow, those 60% must be nuts. What are they thinking, those Neanderthals, antiquated, talking about how you're born with a certain anatomy and that defines your gender? Crazy people, right? No, not so much. What's interesting about this poll, though, this is a four-point increase from the previous year. So it was 56% in 2021. So the more that the woke community is shoving this in everybody's face and saying, no, we have to normalize this. We have to normalize that this is a man who became a woman and now you need to call. The more they force it, the more people are saying, no, I don't No, I don't want that. That seems off to me. Like, do whatever you want with your life. But that's not an accurate depiction of what's going on. Biology is biology. People are resisting it more because it's being shoved down their throats, which was very interesting to me. Also interesting, the survey found that 86% of Republicans and those leaning Republican believe gender is determined by sex assigned at birth. But only 38% of Democrats believe that. Okay, so we see where the problem lies, do we not? We see where the problem lies. This is going to be a really big problem for Democrats. Really big problem. Not the, hey, live the life you want. We don't want you to be discriminated. We want you to be able to, not that. Not that. What's going to be a really big problem is ignoring biology. What's going to be a really big problem is saying menstruating people, a la AOC, or birthing people. What's going to be a really big problem is, you know, pushing puberty blockers for kids and gender reassignment surgeries as if it's not problematic for young people. If they want to toe these lines, if they want to make this their priority, if they want to make this their platform, so be it. Go do what you got to do. It's going to be a loss for you. People are, are now paying attention. And we always talk about how like the fringe in the left runs the party. <laughs> and then some. And then some. So I thought this was really interesting. Also in that poll, which is interesting, is the study's findings on transgender athletes are consistent with another poll from the University of Maryland, which found that 58% of Americans believe transgender women should be barred from competing in college or professional sports. That's more than half of people are saying no. What's going on here? No good. Doesn't work for me. Not going to work. So that's just an important, I don't believe all polls, but I do, I do believe this one because you, talk into, you go into communities and you talk to people and they're like, okay, what's going on? All right, we have another tweet. This was all connected. It was like I, I opened the floodgates of the gender conversation and it all came to me. What do you know? Disclose TV, which on Twitter is really interesting. They have some great content. Um, they put this tweet up. New from mid-2023, according to planned legislation in Germany, everyone over the age of 14 will be able to change their gender and first name once a year. Well, look at that. The governing parties announced today, granted, this is in Germany, not in the U.S., but <laughs> what happens over there is this is where we're headed, right? So you wake up this year, you're a girl and you change your name, and next year you're a boy. And maybe the third year you're a cat or dog. Who knows? Maybe you can even be an iguana. We're in Florida. Who knows? This is a clown show, guys. There's no other way to say it. This is a clown show. And I talk a lot about the danger of this because if words don't have meaning, nothing, you're not grounded in anything. Remember that. If a boy's not a boy and a girl's not a girl, and I know it's like, well, people say, well, who cares? It doesn't affect you. No, it does affect me, actually. It does affect me because I'm grounded in something called reality. Reality is quickly vanishing and everything is in the abstract. And I don't want to live in the Wizard of Oz. I don't want to live there in the land of Oz. I want to live in, well, Kansas wouldn't be so bad, actually, Tyler. Kansas Kansas is rough. Barring the earthquakes. Not down with that. Although I did think when I was a kid and I saw that, that house going up there, it looked like a really good ride. 
but I don't know. So, so that's kind of dangerous. That's where I'm from originally. I was born in Kansas. You were born in Kansas? Yes. There's a reason I'm not there anymore. But we used to sit. We, we lived on 10 acres. And we would sit on the roof and watch the torme- tornadoes go by. <gasps> 80, so it's 90, terrifying when you're there, right? I mean, it's it's flat, boring, and a lot of tornadoes. See, you know, that's another thing, too. You see this stuff. <laughs> you see this stuff play out on your TV. You're young. You, I thought I was Dorothy for a while. I don't know. Don't really resemble her all that much. But I thought I was like singing over the rainbow. I now have a Toto. Could pass for a Toto. But you, you don't really realize the gravity of this stuff. It's a good point to bring up about the earthquakes and all that. It's crazy. You don't really realize it. You see it in films and it seems detached from reality. It's kind of like how we used to watch those crazy dystopian movies and we thought, oh, thank God that's not real life. Well, here we are. Here we are, everyone. Oh, welcome to 2022. <laughs> Glad you could make it. All right. So, again, most people are not getting behind the crazy. I don't care. You can, you can pretend. You could social media influencers. You can, I don't care who you talk to. Talk to these people that are basically paid to parrot these talking points. Great. Your average people across the country look at crazy and they say, that's crazy. I'm not doing it. Speaking of crazy, it's going to be a crazy day. We talked here the other day about how much I love the show Friends. I know there's got to be some Friends fans at home. I know Tyler's a fan as well. And I feel like the world can also be divided between the people who really love Friends and the people who really love Seinfeld, and they always feel the need to duke it out. Why can't you just love both? Not a Seinfeld girl, I have to say, but mostly because I think Jerry ruined the show by always laughing at his own jokes. Regardless, Friends was a show I love. It's a, it's a show, even if you're young, you're in your 20s, I guarantee there's a lot of 20-somethings listening right now. You go and you watch the reruns. Because it's just good TV. It's fun. It's something you don't have to think so hard. It's just, it's comedy. It's not woke. It's funny. It's not trying to be something. It just is. So I come across this article. Strikes my fancy from the LA Times of all places figures. And it says, Friends' lack of diversity embarrassed its co-creator. What do you know? So she made a $4 million decision. Very, very dramatic. So this is Marta Kaufman. She was the co-founder of Friends along with uh, David Crane, for people who know the show well. And this is what, what the article says. Let's do a little reading. Despite its success, the comedy was repeatedly criticized for its lack of diversity. By whom? By whom? Media critics? Were you sitting at home watching Friends thinking, well, I don't know. To me, I can't, I can't enjoy this comedy because I don't see diversity in the cast. No, because that's not how sane people view the world. They don't view the world through color of your skin and your gen- They just want to watch a comedy and have a few laughs after work. They're not thinking that hard about this stuff every second of every minute of every day like they want you to, right? Well, Marta got to thinking. She got some feedback from her associates and it says... Essentially, numerous observers, whatever, it was probably like five people in the media industry, were wondering how the characters existed in a predominantly white environment, even though the series was set in New York City. Well, it's a TV show. It's just a TV show. Not everything needs to be so serious. It's a comedy to boot. Kaufman felt Friends was being unfairly singled out, claiming there was too much attention on the near absence of black people and other people of color. It was difficult and frustrating. But now Kaufman says she gets it. Okay, so she didn't get it before, but now, now she gets it. This is what she says. The series' failure to be more inclusive was a symptom of her internalization of the systemic racism that plagues our society. She internalized that and hence did not diversify the cast. You can't make this stuff up. Which she came to see more clearly, by the way, in the aftermath of the 2020 murder of George Floyd by Minneapolis police and the worldwide protest movement that erupted. As a result, she decided she was going to put $4 million to her alma mater, the Boston area's Brandeis University, to establish an endowed professorship in the school's African and African-American studies. This is my favorite part, the quote. I've learned a lot in the last 20 years. Admitting and accepting guilt is not easy. It's painful looking at yourself in the mirror. I mean, like... If there were vomit emojis that I could put all over the screen right now, that's what you'd see. (sighs) Not everything needs to be analyzed and overanalyzed. Not everything, not everyone views everything through the lens of race and, oh my God, there needs to be, you know what? There were no Asian people. There was, what was it? Uh, Ross's girlfriend. And you know what? They made a bunch of jokes about that. 
They make jokes about that and it was okay because it was a comedy and it was funny and that's what we're supposed to do, laugh at ourselves. I'm Italian. I laugh at myself all day long. I have a crazy Italian accent. I have a crazy Italian family. Please make fun of me or life would be so boring. Not everybody looked at these shows and analyzed them this way. I realize it's not cool to not just say, to say, oh, well, it's just a comedy, like enjoy it. What's the, but this is ridiculous. This is getting ridiculous. And as I got to thinking about it, I also got to thinking of the content of Friends, which would never survive now. You could not make that show today. And I started thinking of all the topics. Do you guys remember the episode where Joey has the bag, the leather bag, and they're calling him a woman and they're like, you look like a girl. Forget that. (laughs) Maybe he identifies as a woman and we need to take that seriously. I mean, it's ridiculous. How about Chandler's dad, who is the drag queen? That they make fun of all the time. It's funny as all hell. Can't do that. I made a list of these too because I was like, it was like every time I turned around, there was another gay jokes. How many gay jokes do they make? It's funny. It's just comedy. It's not, it's not about, oh my God, my injured feelings. You're supposed to laugh at yourself. And then we talked about the episode with the toy the other day where Ross wants his kid to play with the G.I. Joe but he plays with the Barbie, Ben. I mean, it was almost like as I started, how about the male nanny? You guys remember that episode with the male nanny? And Ross doesn't want the male nanny because it's like, he's like, are you gay? And it's a whole big thing. You would basically have to gut the entire show and you'd also have to gut every other show. Anybody ever seen an episode of Married with Children? Okay, if you're really young, go back and try to find one. Literally everything in I hate when people say literally. I got to catch myself on that, Tyler. Every time I say literally, somebody needs to hit a button. Mm, it's like a shock collar. Mm, stop, Jed. You couldn't watch any of these shows in peace because you'd have to sit now. You'd have to look at the show and you'd have to say, well, first of all, none of these jokes are good because they're all going to make somebody out there uncomfortable. So delete. Then you'd have to look at the cast and be like, well, there's not enough. I mean, the gender disparity here is just unheard of. It's uncanny. Then you'd have to make sure that every race was represented. I mean, honestly, who even wants to live in this time with the way it's going? You wonder why I want to get into DeLorean? Do you really have to think about it if you really look at society now and the total neurosis that's overtaking everything? So listen, I don't know what to tell her. I don't know what to tell Marta. I don't know if she legitimately feels this way or she has so much pressure from colleagues that she needs to come out and make a statement and a donation. I don't know. I really hope it's the latter because that would just be a sign of a weak person, not someone that had completely lost their minds. These shows existed in a different time, okay? Appreciate them for what they were. They're not going to be perfect. We're never going to be perfect. And you know what? A joke's going to offend you every now and then. It's called growing a backbone. Go to a bunch of comedy shows. You'll grow one real fast. Now that I got that off my chest, I can get to the next topic of rage. This is like a day of rage. (laughs) Day of rage with a big smile. All right. Mark Zuckerberg. I can't. Somebody help me. Somebody. Mark Zuckerberg. This is great from the Daily Mail. This is the title. Does he need a reality check? Mark Zuckerberg says his dream is for 1 billion people to spend real money in his metaverse on fake digital goods, despite average gas prices in the real world at $5. So Mark Zuckerberg thinks that, you know, despite what's going on in the world right now, you know, you can't even fill up your gas tank to get from point A to point B, but you're going to just take that cash, the little bit that you have saved on the side, or maybe you're living paycheck to paycheck, but you just take some and you're like, I'm going to go, I'm going to have some fun in the metaverse. I mean... Is this just, does he just sit with a bunch of rich people and fit? I mean, no real person out there that's trying to make ends meet or trying to, I mean, nobody's thinking about the metaverse, Mark. Nobody gives a shit about your metaverse. I don't. They don't care. You know who cares about the metaverse? People who can afford to care, to, 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 like, to like, they have so much money that they're like, well, I spent all my money in, in the regular world and I've done it all. So let me just check out the metaverse. That's not your average person. Okay. What a nice idea, too, if you think about it. Mark makes a pile of cash. People live inside their screens all the time. They don't enter the real world. We all turn into a bunch of little malleable puppets. You ever see The Muppet Show? Yeah, that's what he wants you to be. 
And then we all can become a bunch of vegetables that can be spoon fed all the propaganda that Mark puts on Facebook. You know how Facebook bans certain things. And then it's just like you see like an endless stream. During the vaccine debate, it was just like, get vax, get vax. I just like, you couldn't even open it. It was just like vomiting big pharma talking points. Then somebody goes on there and says something different. You trying to talk to me, Tyler? Well, I, I heard somewhere on a podcast that former Pfizer marketing executives now work at Facebook. You know what? You heard that from a very smart individual who does deep dives into the topics that people really care about. Really does their research. That's right. I can't take a bow because I'm already seated. But if I could, I would. Plus, I'd be out of frame and that would be bad. Jorge would just be like, sit down, Jed. We didn't account for that. Don't be spontaneous. So listen, uh, this is a hard pass for me. We talked about the metaverse. We talked about how they want you to be a puppet. We talked about how you need to learn how to exist in the real world and in real life and not be spending your money in some metaverse. And you already know. Exactly. You know that Facebook, you know that Silicon Valley wants you programmed. You know they study. We talked about this too. They study behavioral science. They want you to be a little puppet. So don't give it to them. You know what you say to Mark? Hey, Mark, you know what? It's a beautiful day outside. Why don't you get outside? It seems like you might need to. Hard pass, Zuck. Hard pass for me. Then I encountered, I went back to Twitter. I was like, let me see what else I want to cover tomorrow. Because I really wanted this to be like hot topic, hot topic. Because I was fired up. Sometimes you need to just get the heat out. That's what we're here to do. I look at the Surgeon General of Florida. Let me tell you something. I love this dude. The Surgeon General of Florida is badass. He does not play. He does not play. So I'm looking, and I see his tweet. Do we have that tweet, Tyler? Yes, ma'am. To bring up? Here we go. I have it. Haven't gotten any more organized. Sorry to say, people. All right. Joseph Ladapo. I don't know if it's Ladapo. 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 Joseph Ladapo. I apologize, Joseph. Look at this, MD, PhD, this guy knows what's up. So I see that the select subcommittee on the coronavirus crisis writes, Florida Surgeon General, that's the one on the bottom, Florida Surgeon General letter doubles down on the dangerous anti-vax rhetoric that has been driving Ron DeSantis' COVID-19 policies. What is anti-vax about the policies in Florida? Nothing, nothing. I told you, the state just isn't gonna get involved in distribution, but you can, your pediatrician can call and get the vaccine. You want the vaccine in Florida, you get the vaccine. So this is a bunch of horse shit. By impeding access to these life-saving vaccines, which Florida isn't, Florida is endangering the health of kids. Horse shit. We already did the stats on kids. There is no danger to kids right now. There is no walking dead among babies when it comes to COVID. Earth to the uh, select subcommittee on the coronavirus crisis. Crisis. So Joseph here responds, which I love because someone in his position oftentimes would just ignore it. But no, he was like, I'm not letting this sit. Love this dude. Love this dude. We should try to have him on, man. This guy is a badass. I love a badass. He writes, any other labels you want to throw at me? The conversation at the grown-up table, love it, is about why the COVID-19 vaccine for children was approved with no data on clinical benefit, which is true. We cover the Pfizer trials on this show. You're free to come join the adults once you're done name-calling. This is a lesson. The reason I pulled this is not just because I love Joseph. Never met him. Don't know him personally. I just love his style. But because this is how you respond to these people. So I'm sure if you're out there, at some point you've been called, you know, misinformation, anti-vax, what else? Racist, homophobe, bigot. You know, we have a number of names. We could just vomit out. And these people do that because they cannot counter you in a debate. If they could counter you in a debate, they would. They don't, so they're like, <coughs> what word? It's like always like a, you know, a shutdown. It's a way to try to shut you down and label you. You know, it's third grade. It's a third grader. So the way you deal with a third grader is you treat them like third grader. You're very polite. He came out in this tweet. He was above them. He was like, I'm not stooping to your level, but I'm also going to let you know that the trials don't account for the, you know, the proper amount of safety that we need to do this in Florida. We don't see it. They can redo the trial if they want. But come to the adult table. So he made that person look real small. That's how you do it. Don't stoop to their level. Don't name call back. Don't become a third grader. Imagine yourself as an adult and you're like a fourth grade bully comes up to you. Do you berate that fourth grader? No, you don't. You act like an adult, but you also let them know that that behavior is not going to be tolerated in your space. That's what he did. Well done.
So I use that as an example of how, how to, to face the clowns, right? When you're faced with a clown, how you do it matters. Because had, had he chosen to stoop to their level, and this was always, this was always a, an issue that I was trying to struggle with with Trump, because I always felt like on policy, he was on the high ground. But if you stoop and you do the name calling and you do all that, you lose people unnecessarily. Don't lose people. Don't lose people. Always take the high ground. You can take the high ground, by the way, and make someone look real dumb. In fact, if you take the high ground, you will make them look dumber than if you took the low ground every single time. Well, I didn't realize who went after him. That wasn't a nobody. That was just, that was the COVID oversight committee chaired yeah, by House Whip Jim Clyburn. Yeah, of course, because they because everyone's in on the well. This is the narrative. You got the CDC coming out now and saying everybody's got to toe the line. And that is even more important that he responded, though, Mm -hmm. you know, because it wasn't just some nobody. He wanted to let everyone know I'm not afraid to stand by the truth on these stats. I'm not afraid to stand by the truth on the trials. And we're not doing this. And I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a politician. I don't care if you're the CDC themselves. I don't care if you're the FDA. This isn't going to work for us. It's a badass. That's how you play the game, and that's how you win. Oh, man. It's, it's really easy to just look over how much actual propaganda is out there. Yes. Like, you have to, like, we were talking about Elmo the other day. Who, who what is Sesame Street air on? PBS. What public broadcasting system? I mean, that right. is straight up government propaganda. Like, it's easy to just kind of let that pass by and not register. Right. But good and Lord, And that's they why really if you challenge, then everybody says, oh, it's like, you know, if you challenge the narrative, if you challenge it, you're the mis- you have to be labeled. Remember, you know, the right. disinformation police, they, anything, it's very, it is very scary if you think about it, because where does it come from? And if you really think about the fact that all of these institutions are connected, that's where the real problem lies. When you're like, oh, so the FDA is not an independent body because it's a revolving door from the FDA to the CDC to Big Pharma to, okay, so does everyone just send out a memo? Well, yes. Everyone did send out a memo because when the word misinformation came out, that came from the top and everybody on TV started saying it at once. Notice, it wasn't just me that was shouted down as misinformation when I was telling the truth. I was, I was like, oh, look at that. It's happening over on CNN and MSNBC and I notice on Twitter and oh, that's so convenient. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not a coincidence, everyone. Those memos go from the top down, everybody gets them and then they just parrot it out. Because, you know, free thinking people don't exactly exist in the world quite the way they used to. So I want to talk about another person here that makes the, make, makes the blood boil, shall we say. Um, we're going to get to Kathy in a second. Oh, my gosh. I can't even. I'm trying to think whether to do this one first. You know what? Let's do it. Because the Supreme Court had a busy week, right? Let's get to that. We talked about a little bit about Roe v. Wade. That's not what I'm going to focus on here. I'm going to focus on New York. The Supreme Court had a busy week, and one of the things they did, this is from the New York Post, Supreme Court overturns New York law on carrying concealed weapons. So let's just remind people what happened here. You can scroll down. Writing for the 6-3 majority, Justice Clarence Thomas said Thursday that the law's requirement of New Yorkers who want a permit to carry a handgun in public to show proper cause that the weapon is specifically needed for self-defense violates the 14th Amendment, it does, by preventing law-abiding citizens with ordinary self-defense needs from exercising their right to keep and bear arms in public. So essentially they said, why do you have to prove why? You shouldn't have to. It's a violation of the 14th Amendment. Of course, everybody in New York lost their minds, though. So who in New York lost their minds? Let's take a guess. Kathy, Clueless Kathy. Remember Clueless Kathy Hochul? You remember her, the governor of New York? Well, she lost her mind completely about this. And she was confronted by Anne a news anchor and journalist. What is her? I don't have her last name. Uh, McCloy. Ann McCloy. Here it is. Ann McCloy, who did a great job, showed up to a press conference and asked some questions. We have a video clip of Kathy Hochul. Do we have that clip, guys, where we can play? Okay, here it is. Let's play a little bit of the Q&A that went back and forth between Ann, who has a completely legitimate question, actually two, and Kathy's response, shall we? Let's go. Do you have the numbers to show that it's the concealed carry permit holders that are committing crimes? Because the lawful gun owner will say that you're attacking the wrong person. It's really people that are getting these guns illegally that are causing the violence, not the people going and getting the permit legally. And that's the basis for the whole Supreme Court argument. Do you have the numbers? 
I don't need to have numbers. I don't need. I don't have to have a data point to point to to say that this is going to matter. Okay, can we I pause that for a second? She doesn't have the numbers. She doesn't have the data. I don't have the data. She doesn't have the numbers or the data to support in any way that it's the people who have concealed carry permits and that they're the problem because they're not. Obviously, criminals don't say, "Oh, I need a concealed carry permit." Let me. Let me just hold on a second. I'll get to that bank robbery in just one second. Let me just fill out a paper. Just give me a second. That's not how it works, Kathy. And I'm starting to realize, you know, I call her clueless Kathy. She's not clueless. She knows exactly what she's doing. This isn't, the destruction is intentional in New York. Don't think that it isn't. So much like everything else that Kathy supported in New York, which tanked, she's, she's tanking the state. It's, not hard, it, it's harder to tank the state than the city, but Kathy is quite adept at doing that. She didn't have stats to support mask mandates, She didn't have stats to support vax mandates. They don't exist. She didn't have stats to support extended lockdowns. But the best part about this is that she says it. I don't have the the stats. Why would I need the stats? I can just implement policy based off of a ridiculous talking point, and everyone will pat me on the back in New York because everyone's a walking dead robot that's lost their minds. You know in The Walking Dead how people get bit and they're just like, welcome to New York. Hope you enjoy your stay. All right. Do we have that clip again? Can we pull it up? I just want to play the end of the clip because Anne makes a great point at the end. We can continue. To have sensible gun safety laws. And this one was not devised by the Hochul administration. It comes out of an administration from 1908. I don't need a data point to make the case that I have a responsibility she to protect data the people point. of this state. Somebody who's going to go do a mass shooting or something like that may not go get a concealed carry permit. I never said there's any correlation between our solution here and the Buffalo case. Okay, that so, you know, Anne is trying to do her job of just saying like, hey, um, almost trying to help her out. Like, hey, do you have any support for what you're doing? If you have it, this would be the time to share it. No. And that's what you need to know about what's happened the last two years, is that this is how they got away with what they got away with, and they did. They did, because people laid down and took it. So she feels totally justified that she can come out, and now she can criminalize, law-abiding, concealed carry people in New York City, in New York, in the state of New York, who say, you know what, I don't like the crime on the streets, I don't like what's going on, I don't like the way you make the, the police force feel real small, That's not going to work for me. I'm going to take matters into my own hands. I'm going to go to the range. I'm going to get the proper certifications. I'm going to get my background check, and I'm going to defend myself, my child, my family. She's now got to make them out to be the bad guy, even though she has no stats to support that those are actually the bad guys, because it's a convenient talking point. So just know that everything you laid down for the last two years, when you had to shut down your business, and many of you picked up and left New York and came out to Florida or you had to put a mask on your four-year-old's face to go to school when your kid was not at risk for this disease and those masks were proven to be completely and utterly useless in most settings and in most cases because of the masks that were used, the way that were used, and the fact they just weren't working. We have plenty of data on that, Kathy. So when you did all that, when you went and maybe got a vaccine that you didn't want because you were going to lose your job because they were telling you, oh, the vaccine was going to keep everybody safe. And then you find out, well, it doesn't prevent transmission. What the hell's going on here? Ask questions. And it will stop when you stop accepting this nonsense. And when you stop, start saying, oh, you don't have the data. OK, we're not going to do that anymore. We, she works for the people of New York, not the other way around not the other way around. So she can take that cocky attitude and she can walk right out the door. I would have had some words if I were in that room. Good on Anne, by the way, for keeping her composure. That's why I don't have that job. Just putting that out there. People used to say to me, Chad, you should run for president. And I used to say, oh, you don't want me doing that. Or they say, oh, you'd be a great press secretary. Well, it would be good TV. But I'd be taking no shit. No shit. No thank you. All right, you don't have the data. It's not gonna happen. Done. Pennsylvania. I like Pennsylvania. It's a beautiful state. I've been there many times. Um, have some friends that live out there. Pennsylvania also been going a little mad, it seems. 
This is a great story that came to my attention. We actually almost covered this on the PBD podcast, but I had to I had to bring it over. I was like, this is just too good. We can't let this one go. This is from Just the News. And I read the headline and I'm like, hmm, Pennsylvania considers welfare reform to keep food stamps from going to dead recipients. What a novel idea. C- considers. It considers it because, you know, we're not sure. <laughs> we're not sure. Got to debate it. Got to have we a got, couple let's meetings. Ha- let's have a debate. Should dead people get the, the, the welfare payments? Let's have it. Imagine people on the other side of that debate. There'll be somebody. Give it to their, give it to their, their youngins. I don't know. There'll be somebody to defend that. AOC, you want to come on and talk about that? Maybe she'll defend. Who knows? All right. This is what it says. Awaiting approval, because, you know, there's those that may not agree. In the House, before it can go to Democratic Governor Tom Wolf for a signature, Senate Bill 1124 would require the Department of Human Services to run a monthly check of death certificates with the Bureau of Vital Statistics to ensure that SNAP benefits are not spent on deceased individuals. So you might be sitting at home, maybe you run a business, and you're saying to yourself, why weren't they doing this already? You mean to tell me that they weren't checking monthly to make sure that this stuff wasn't going to the dead? Already? No, they weren't. Government efficiency. It's admirable. It's really admirable. This is the best part. This is what they found. The impetus for the bill, you might, might be wondering, what, what was it? We found that DHS policy allowed public assistance benefits to be paid to recipients up to 12 months after that. People were dead for 12 months, still getting the benefits. By the way, that's taxpayer dollars. You live in Pennsylvania, you're working every day, getting up, doing the grind, taxpayer dollars, then go to a dead person for 12 months because they can't get their, but well, it's, it's a lot of work to check those books. Really? Overstuffed bureaucracy? How many people in the government were employed that were supposed to be doing that, that were doing what? Sitting around doing what exactly? You couldn't get that done? Okay. Check out the numbers. DHS paid out nearly $700,000 in benefits to those deceased beneficiaries. $700,000. I knew you thought I was going to get to the bottom of the story and it was going to be like, Jed's talking about like 10 bucks. $700,000 going to dead people. Okay? I can't. You may also be saying to yourself, okay, this is Pennsylvania. What's going on in the other states? Who knows? Who knows? You think this is just going to be a problem that, oh, we, we caught this and it's going on in Pennsylvania? Hell no. Of course not. That just means that Pennsylvania did a little digging. I don't know why. They did a little digging, a little extra, and they found this. Of course this is happening in other states. This is waste. This is waste. It's your money, your money, that they can't be bothered to spend well. That's when people say, I love when people say, oh, spending Spending is the answer. Government spending. Government's responsible. Bullshit. I know Chris said I didn't say bullshit on the show yet, so I had to remedy that today. You hit the button. And I said it had to be organic, and it was. Bullshit. The government does not spend your money efficiently. You are more likely to spend your money efficiently because you earn it. Not saying everybody's going to be smart about cash, but you're going to be smarter than that. You're going to send your money out to some dead people that you don't know? No, this is ridiculous. Don't get me aggravated with this nonsense. Government if it Trust the government. I love when people say that. It's sufficient. Yeah, take a walk around. You ever go to the DMV? Government, things that are run by the government. You're, oh, you leave there. Yeah, the VA. Right. You leave exhausted. You feel like you've been through some terrible war when you encounter something that's being run by the government. You leave, you're like, you've lost the years of your life. You've got gray hairs you didn't have before. You feel broke. You feel like, you feel like everything's gone wrong that day. Okay? Come on. Less government, not more, please. You ever see uh, Rand Paul's Waste Report Wednesdays on Instagram? Oh, yeah. They're the, so I found one. Two, two and a half million dollars. The NIH spent two and a half million to study whether monolingual or bilingual people daydream more often. Okay. Maybe this is something that interests you. But do you want your money going toward that? I mean, think about it. Because you know what happens? You work. And, you know, the taxing system being the theft that it is, it's ridiculous how much money goes back to the government. They take your money and then they decide, well, we're gonna, we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that. And you're like, well, how come I don't get a say? 
Yeah, I remember one that it was like uh, a while back where it was like they were studying like fish, behavioral attitudes of fish or I don't care. I don't even like fish. Not a fish person. Putting frogs on cocaine. Yeah, let's see what happens. Let's have a party. (laughs) I don't need to know what happens when a frog gets stoned. Not, Not high on my priority list, people. Maybe it's high on yours. I don't know. All right. We're going to go to a last topic today and then a summary. But um, I also want to encourage you guys, before I get to this last topic, because this one's a doozy, you got to hit your subscribe button. You got to support the show, what we're doing here. It would mean the world to me. And you also need to chime in in the chat. I want to hear from you questions, comments, thoughts, anything. I really want you guys to be involved. I want you to tell me if there's guests you want to hear from. I want you to tell me if there's a topic you love, a topic you hate. Talk to me. Right, We're building this show together, me and you, so I need you involved. I need you to have a seat at the table. Okay. Just a note, before we get to Howard Stern, the authority on everything, really, right? I mean, Howard Stern fancies himself quite the intellectual these days. Okay. Let's see. I see this, this headline. It was all over the place, actually, because, you know, he has a lot of viewers, so he says something on air and it goes viral. I saw this one in the New York Post, but it was, it was everywhere. Howard Stone wants to run for president to overturn all this bullshit. Howard's going to run for president. Okay. So I keep reading. I'm like, here we go. The infamous shock jock, 68, revealed on his Sirius XM radio show that if he ever became commander in chief, he would like to overturn a few. Th- well, that's good to know from the intellectual. The problem with most presidents is they have too big of an agenda, he said. The New York native went on. The only agenda I would have is to make the country fair again. What the hell does that mean? What does that mean? Well, I have an idea. Because if he doesn't think it's fair, I heard from a little birdie that he makes a shit ton of money every year. I think he makes like $90 million a year. So if he doesn't think it's fair, he could take that money and he could just distribute it out to the rest of us. That would, that would make it more fair, right? Who's up for a check from Howard this month? Right? I know Tyler would sign on for one too. Jorge, Jorge, we're like, where's our money? Howard, you want to make it more fair? Let's do it. Don't you love that when Obama used to throw around fair share, fair share? All right, well, it's, you know, you rich people at the top, let's see. Let's see. Put your money where your mouth is. Let's see. Okay, I, I would be willing to bet Howard's not going to do that anytime soon. Call me crazy. I'll eat my words if I'm wrong. He goes on. He goes on. The intellectual. He then slammed three of former President Donald Trump's Supreme Court justices. He doesn't like the ruling on abortion, apparently. He's a big advocate for women. You remember Howard Stern when he was like, show me your tits. That guy, the show me your tits guy, women's right advocate. That's him. And listen, I have respect for the dude because he launched his career from nothing and he stayed true to who he was and he, he got very far in life. This was a guy who worked He created a radio show that he wanted to do. It was crazy. He turned off a lot of people. He got called a lot of labels and he got to where he is. So respect as an entrepreneur. But, you know, stay in your lane. This is the guy also who used to bring on female vibrators and stick women on them and just watch. But he he knows a lot about the Supreme Court. We should listen to him. He is the authority on all matters of higher intellect, apparently, these days. He went on because this wasn't enough. He had to weigh in on, folks, you ready? The Electoral College. This is what he said. A guy who lost the vote won the election. How long can we keep electing people who lost the election? Okay. He wanted to get rid of the Electoral College, so he doesn't know why the Electoral... I don't expect Howard Stern to understand the intricacies or even the most basic concepts about the Electoral College. But if you don't understand something, stop running your mouth about it. Stop running your mouth about it. We know, and if you don't know, I'm going to tell you, the Electoral College was created to prevent something called the tyranny of the majority. What that was, was, was aimed at was they didn't want highly populated states like New York and California to determine the fate of an entire election because that meant that all the other states would be ignored. He'd love that. Because he agrees on policy with most of what happens in New York and California. Howard Stern was the one who was like, if you're not vaccinated, you should be relegated to the, the, you know, basically he wanted you in the underworld on Stranger Things if you didn't get the experimental vaccine because he's a germaphobe and a big coward. 
right? So he loves New York and California. The Electoral College is there to protect the rest of the states, the rest of the country, the rest of the population, and also to protect those issues because what's happening in North Dakota and what may be important to the people of North Dakota isn't important to the people in New York or California. So when you talk about energy issues and you talk about stuff like that, they don't care. They'll crush your energy. New York and California will be like, oh, green energy, everything else just needs to die. And then you're done. And you're in a part of the country that relies on energy resources as they are and drilling, et cetera. And you're, what happens to you? So the whole point of the Electoral College, if he wants things to be fair, was to make it fair. You remove that and it's not fair. It's not fair. And God knows what would happen because look at New York and California. They're falling apart. Everybody left there. They're falling apart. The people are taxed to death. They have no freedom. The policies don't work. It's a mess. So several important points to make. First of all, Howard Stern would be a shitty president, right? We need to say it. Sorry, Howard. Fun radio host. I do think he went a little mad. I'm not going to lie. I think the vaccine and that stuff, he went a little mad. He was always germaphobe. People didn't realize that. I used to listen to him every now and then. Um, and I knew he was a germaphobe. He was like that guy who, you know, he wouldn't shake hands with you if he went to, to a show. He wouldn't, he wouldn't even, it was like, no. So this whole COVID thing really got him good, right? You're a germaphobe. It, it got you. There wasn't enough hand sanitizer to make him feel okay about what happened in the last two years. And um, yeah, so he would make shitty president. Also, I tell people, tell people this all the time. When it comes to key issues like this, and I know celebrities say, no, no, I have a right to speak. You do have a right to speak. You have a right to speak about anything you want. But just maybe just do a little reading first. Just a tiny bit of reading on these important matters so that you understand because they're impactful and you have an audience and you have people that count on you. People listen. Just, just open a book every now and then is all I ask. Is it too much? All right. Tyler, do we have any comments in the chat that you want to share? Or do you have any comments that you'd like to share on today's I, show? You know, we're just talking about fairness. I wonder if he's going to let us go hang out in his $52 million Palm Beach mansion. I would like to go. Good old Howie has a $50 million mansion just half an hour from here. So if he wants to make it fair, I vote. People at home weigh in. I think he should carve up a little piece of that house for all of us. I'll take a corner. I'm used to a studio apartment in New York. <laughs> I can survive on a small area of land. I'll, I'll take the guest house. I don't give a shit. Tyler will take the guest I'll house. I'll take in the fact, pool house. In fact, we can do the show from there live from Howard's mansion. And he's got all those cats, you know, because his, um, his wife, uh, ado- I don't know if you know this, she's really into animal rescue and she adopts, she, she fosters all these cats. It's like a cat house. It's like cats running all over the place. Adorable little kittens, by the way, which I fancy because in another life I identify as a cat. So it works out nicely. We talked about that. The cat reached out that we showed earlier and it kind of got after you. said, how dare you? I identify as a dog. So. The cat identifies as a dog. So this is the crazy we're in, right? Okay. But I, I'm all for it. And I always say that. And people, because they say, oh, you got to make life Democrats for the poor. And they want to make things more fair. Okay, well, let's start with you. Do that. Say, let's start with you. How much money did you make last year? Oh, you don't want to be transparent? Okay, well, let's say you made blah, blah, blah. Are you prepared to give me half of it today? I'd like a check. I'll take cash. Um, and if they say no, say, well, then that, I don't. I mean, if you're not willing to do it, then you can't expect other people to be willing to do it. And let's see how fast that conversation, real fast, it'll be like dead silence in the room. <laughs> try it. Give it a try with your favorite Democrat friends. If you have any left, because, you know, people don't like to be friends with people of opposite political parties these days, as we discussed the other day. Any comments in the chat we can share before we wrap up this beautiful Friday, this Taco Friday? my friends. So Wyatt, uh, always see him in the chat, said uh, ideas for guests. Uh, George Gammon, the rebel capitalist, and Dr. Chris Martinson from Peak Prosperity and Robert Barnes. Nice. Thank you, Wyatt, for being here. I appreciate all of you who I do see that some people I don't have the chat in front of me because I'm technologically backward and 75 years old. So for me to have to juggle with the chat, and the papers, as you can see, the papers are all, it would be, it would just be a bad scene. So Tyler takes Claire of the chat. I'll work on it. God, I'm working on it. I'm trying to come into 2022. I'm really trying. I'm waiting until I get my second. You see me on PBD. I have two laptops. I'm waiting to get my second laptop. Yeah, I know. We'll We're going to need research a second laptop. And PBD's here. got all the cool stuff. I know the vault. 
I was there. The vault. I want to know if there's money in that vault. I got to talk to PBD too because you have to put money in the vault for luck. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, just saying, it wouldn't be a bad idea if he told me which drawer it was in, just in case. So just so you're aware. Just Keep so in case I need to make things more fair around here. Right. <laughs> Howard Stern style. <laughs> James Salvatore yes. gave $10, our first super chat. Oh. Love it. Appreciate well, it. Well, thank you. And you know, you guys know, I just want to say that before we get to everything you you give to the show is is getting put into the show 100%. The set, the content, equipment that we need. This is the start. We're only on like I think episode 9. So I'm honestly blown away by how many of you have written and are involved and I didn't know. When I launched this, I was like, I could be talking to my parents and Tyler and Jorge and maybe Chris if he's interested that day. It depends. Chris is a little fickle every now and then. But, you know, he only joins us in this room when he's feeling real cool. And today he's got a cool shirt on. You can't see it's it. It's Cool Shirt Friday. Exactly. Chris always has a cool shirt on Friday. Oh, really? Cool Shirt Friday. I got to get in on that. One more comment before we wrap it up. So he he just, real quick, he just said, uh, Jed, keep up the good work. Happy you teamed up with PBD. Defund the government. And Logan, this is a good one, said, quote, government efficiency is an oxymoron. That's exactly right. You know what's up, Logan. Government efficiency is an oxymoron. Everything the government can do, you know, you take, gotta take the military out of it. Although I will say the military has waste and the military has fraud and the military has abuse. And I'm not afraid to criticize a lot of what's going on in the military now with these woke videos and this nonsense, it's got to go. It's got to stop. It's got it's got to be called out. So don't be afraid. If there's stuff going on in the military that you don't like, you call it out. You call it out in every sector. But yeah, the government doing something right doesn't happen very often. Just going to say. Well, I want to thank you guys. This has been an amazing week. I want to remind you again. We are here on Monday. We're going to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Um, I do want to hear more from you. I do want to hear your comments, your thoughts. Please make sure when you log in or when you come in and you're in the chat that you're sharing how you feel about the content, how you feel about the show. Also, do you want to see more topics? Do you want to see less topics? We have a guest coming. We're going to be prepared to announce that very soon. First guest is going to be on July 12th. We have three three guests booked. Some of them are going to be people that I don't agree with. Some of them are going to be people that I don't know. We're going to find out. The goal here, remember, on every topic, the goal is to think. I want you thinking more than anything. So we're going to make it happen. I hope you have an amazing day. Hope you have an amazing 4th of July weekend. 4th of July. I'm going to have a special message that I send out to you for 4th of July. Don't you worry. I wasn't going to forget about you on that. And uh, go get a taco. Hard shell taco beef with a crunch. That's where we're at. We got one more. We, oh, we, got, we got two more comments. I got to read. Right. Hang on. Dogface Sailor, two bucks, rock this. And Steve gave $100 and said, Jay Bila, bring the heat, you go. Oh, I'm bringing the heat. Whatever you thought was hot before, just imagine you just stuck an extra one of those jalapenos in your mouth and now you're just like, I need a glass of milk. We don't give out milk here. You gotta learn to handle the heat. We're gonna bring it. So thank you, have a great weekend and we will see you back here on Monday. Taco time, go to it.